Hello everybody, welcome to the Williams Project Podcast and today we're going to be talking about how do you employ the right people. So, look, this is a great topic. Um, interesting political times at the moment. Everyone's um, very precious. And what is fantastic is Blair, in my opinion, on employment actually matches what society tells us it should be, but not for the reason you think. Now, we have employed people who should have been absolutely perfect rock stars come in here and change the world and been a disaster. And we've employed people who we thought were just going to be absolutely stupid and we employed them just thinking, why did I do that? And they turned out to be the most amazing, valuable parts of our team. So it is very hard to know who is right for your business because your business today, especially in a fast-growing business, versus your business in one year changes a lot. And when you have someone come in, they sort of change with your business and make the business change and grow. And all sorts of strange things happen. Now, I haven't explained this very clearly. I'm hoping you can help me out No, I suppose to one point, like Matt said, there's some people in the business who you employ and you go, it's like they're a punch where like their CVs got spelling mistakes. They might not present themselves that well. And if you looked from the outside, it'd be like, God, Matthew and Blair, why did you employ that person? But it comes down to the attitude test actually trumps like... We're probably, since we're not a corporate, we probably put way more weighting on the attitude tests than what corporates do. And culture. And culture. But like attitude and culture is probably like 85% of a job interview with us. Because my theory is not quite this loose. But if we're employing you to be an architect, you can probably go learn architecture, right? Like you could know nothing about it. But if you've got awesome attitude and culture and you go, I want to be the best architect you ever have, it's like, okay, yep, sweet, I'll give you a go. Yeah, oh, no, I agree. And, and also... Because you, you can teach what they need to do, but you can't teach them to be a good person and to like your culture and like what you do. That's way harder. Completely agree. And, and also, like, let's talk for a second about sales. Sales, people buy from people they trust. And normally... Someone trusts someone that is from the same environment as them, someone that looks like you, acts like you, talks like you, right? So for a business to succeed, like for us, we want to win on a massive scale. Got to be massively diverse. Yeah. Look, we need everyone. We want people from the Muslim community. We want people that go to church. We want people, uh, Male, females, female, transgenders, everyone, dogs, because whoever. <laughs> I want to sell, we want to sell to every single member of the economy. And for us to do that, we have to have people who are trusted in each different segment of the society. Society. God, I haven't started in years. Yeah, I suppose that's the main thing is firstly, and I'm not saying this to be politically correct, you can't discriminate because you shouldn't really care what they look and sound like. So firstly, like delete that from your brain as far as trying to mould in your head who you want to walk through that job before you actually meet someone. And then two, I'm a massive advocate for just really sussing out their culture and attitude. Like there's nothing, well, actually HR people would say there's completely something wrong with asking them whatever you want. But I disagree. I think it's important to know if they have a wife or a husband or children or not children, where they go on holiday, what they do outside of work. It's actually really important. Yeah. Well, the thing is, and it's not important because someone's like, like if someone said, oh, I'm thinking of having kids, of course you're still going to employ them. But like... I think what's more important than the answer to the question 
is their friendliness and willingness and openness to talk to you. Because if someone is honest and open to you, you then trust them. And if they're passionate about their life and about what they do, if it's like, what do you do after when they're like, oh, I don't really do much. Like, it's not very inspiring. Like, oh, well, I'm actually I'm part of a social touch team and then I pick my child up and they're currently doing a school play. So I'm doing that recently. All of a sudden as an employee, you're far more engaged and shit, this person's got a bit of spark, got a bit of energy, got a bit of momentum. And then you want to apply that same perception to how they're going to do their role that you're looking for. And actually, let's just talk about two other things that you and I actually ask when we're employing people. It's the taking out the trash test. You ask them some sort of question that says, would you take out the trash? Or do you feel that's a job that's beneath you? That's a really important one. Everyone in your team, from the CEO to the the lowest person on the totem pole, whoever that is, shouldn't feel too good to take out the trash, shouldn't feel too good to wipe the little piss droplets off the toilet. You know what I mean? You need people with a culture of respecting your office and respecting the business. And the second test we always ask is about the business succeeding. If the business made a billion dollars, how does that make you feel? Because it sounds like a dumb question, but lots of people have resentment to success. What's well, the scarcity mindset? Yeah. It's just, does this person want to be in a winning environment or do they want to be in a, a comfortable, not that winning and comfortable don't go together, but usually people look at them separately. They think a winning environment can be a bit uncomfortable and can be unsteady, but you can actually have both. But it's important, hey, if the person next to you makes three times your salary, does that make you feel uncomfortable? Yeah, agreed. And people need to be able to understand the fact that some people have done other things that makes them more valuable, but that's okay. Yeah, and that's like I was actually reading an um, article the other day and when Zero does its hiring, I'm not sure it's for all positions or just the top level ones that the CEO gets involved with, but they'll bring the person in to the meeting room, give them a coffee, and at the end of the meeting, it's more or less a test of if that person will pick up their coffee cup and say, hey, where would you like me to put this? Or if they just leave and leave it on the table. And they said, we will not hire someone no matter how good they present if they leave their coffee cup on the table and don't say something. That's interesting. What would be your, if you're having a job interview, what would be your deal breaker? If I could go down to the car park and see their car and if it was filthy, that would be like a massive red flag. Okay. Because how like you that. treat like your car... I like not if it's got a bit of grime, but if it's like you know those people just have like McDonald's wrappers and like oh. the wee, all the shit on the top of the dash, and it's like they're going to bring that culture into your staff. They're going to bring that culture into the office, into their locker, onto their desk. Just a bit gross. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that because everyone's going to wear nice clothes for a job interview, right? Yeah. Like no one's going to turn up in track pants without a shower after going for a run. But it's like if I could see their house and their car, it would just be interesting. Mine is I always check their social media and if they look like a real whiner, it's a no-go. Like if every <laughs> post they've done is them whining about something. So you wouldn't employ yourself? During Only life. during COVID. <laughs> Normally I'm really good. It was just COVID I had a meltdown. I'm not good at being told what to do by anyone, let alone the government. <laughs> do you know how many times I walked around my kitchen table? Probably 70,000. Wore out your tiles. Yeah. Wasn't good. Um, what would okay then? What would be something someone did that would knock your socks off and make them you desperately want I'm to employ them? Desperately waiting for someone to come in for an interview and give me a PowerPoint presentation on why I should give them a job. Shiny James did that. Well, I wasn't in that interview, was I? Yeah. So I, I missed it. But I just Shiny, think you got to come back and do that PowerPoint, buddy. 
Hope you're listening. I was thinking, you know, they could do a PowerPoint presentation or be like, here is a video CV of myself. Because everyone can have a CV on Word, send it to a company for a hundred bucks, get it looked pretty, but it's very raw and emotional to have a video or a PowerPoint documenting your life and your working career. Do you know the, the way that, and this is actually, we just had this happen recently with Francesca, one of the girls that we just employed, lady, sorry. Um, she followed the company for several years she would always like and comment on every one of our posts. She probably messaged me five times asking to be involved with the company and then I said yes. So I actually think that if you want to work for a company, you should find out who the decision maker is and you should make sure that you're a fan of the company and make sure you're a supporter of management and then that person looks at you and goes, this person loves our company, wants to be part of our culture, supports me as a manager of the company, so I know that there's someone that's going to be a valuable member and of the team. And what's also interesting, it's kind of like with sales where it's like 80% of sales are done somewhere between like the 6th and the 12th point of contact. Probably butchered that to some degree, but you get the point. A job interview is you selling yourself to that employer or that decision maker, and it's how many... If it's your first point of contact with that decision maker is the interview... How much lower are your chances of getting employment versus if you've messaged them a few times, like Matt said, follow their business page, like their content, maybe sent them something in the mail, hey, I'm really looking forward to my job interview, you've got a great work environment. That employer will just be blown away because there will be you and there will be everybody else. And it'll just be such a clear standout example comparing to the other, uh, not employees, potential employees that he'd be mad or she would be mad not to go, oh, this person's messaged me, sent me flowers, did a PowerPoint presentation on themselves, they're enthusiastic, they shared everything about their life without me even asking the questions I'm not supposed to ask, I feel like we've got the right person. Yeah, well, like just Francesca again as an example because she's our most recent employee, so it sort of rings in the top of my head the most. When someone is that supportive of a company before they're even financially remunerated by the company, you just think, well, if they're such a great supporter before, imagine how good they're going to be when they're with us. Yeah, exactly. So there's no reason. If you guys want to work for a company, you should be on their social media. You should be on social media with key management and you should be supporting them because that, to, running a business is really fucking hard, right? And in your team, you need people that know what they're doing that are going to support you and support the company. It's that simple. Especially if they've been doing it without being asked. Yeah, amazing. And also as far as like since this topic is about employing people, I suppose that main summary is is if we've got a job offering, firstly we actually go out to probably the current employees and be like, who do you guys know that you think could be right for this role? One, because employees will always be hesitant to recommend someone because if they fail, they sort of feel personally responsible. So if you get a recommendation from a staff member, it's usually going to come with a reasonably high amount of credibility. And then two, it's also your own power base. Who on my phone is an architect or a painter or a plumber or a salesperson that we think could be right for this role? Like most of our best people we've poached from somewhere else because we go, who's the best person in this field that if we could employ anyone would employ them? A name clicks to mind, you just message them, hey, you're free for a coffee. Sometimes we actually interview them to sell them on why they should work for us. Yeah, completely agree. Like yeah. as an employer, you should actually go, who is the right person for this role and go pitch them your job, not the other way around. I, we I, actually do the whole thing in reverse. I was, I was actually thinking the same thing <laughs> while you were talking. I was thinking about our top three performers, yeah. right? Our three best people, we approach them, 
we sold them on why they should work for us. So it was actually the other way yeah, around. No, it's and, the reverse. And actually with our top, and I'm talking for a sales side, but it's a good example. Those top people were already in the industry because we, we went a bit um, sideways at the beginning, which I still agree with that anyone can do the job. But our best performers were already in sales. They look the part, they walk the part, they talk the part. They, and that's nothing to do with um, being male or female or anything like that. It's that they are a professional person. They, they look professional, they walk professional, they talk professional, in their spare time they research property. Like They are there to be a professional and to be a winner. And also they had long employment history. Nothing is a bigger red flag when you're reading a CV and they've had six jobs over even 10 years. Like if they're changing jobs every 18 months and you're employing for a role where it's like, it would be a real pain in the ass to spend six months training them to know what to do, then you have them for six months then they leave. So as far as a tip, if you're handing a CV and you do have a muddled history, either one, have a really good explanation, which is true, or, I wouldn't say butcher your CV, but if you have had some short stints, you're better off just to say you're on holiday for a year and just delete them out of it. No, own it, disagree. <laughs> own it, hey, I had some fundamental problems. That was my, my step one. <laughs> have a good explanation, which is not lying. If you do just have a bad explanation because you're a transient and a shit employee... Sort it out. Yeah, but own it. Hey, I was a real shit employee in my youth. Here's what I've done to develop myself. I'm now in it. I'm all in. Let's go. Hey, I had four jobs over two years. I haven't put them on my CV. I said I was on holiday, but I was actually soul searching, finding myself. I'm now good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Don't lie on your CV. I guess what we're trying to accomplish from this podcast is if you need to employ someone or build a team, we're telling you what we've learned along the process. Um, I actually think, and I only thought of this while we were talking, a good business is actually going out to get their staff. To build your foundation, your your key people that make your business great, you've actually got a headhunt. Yeah. And then as your business grows around those key people, you've got to be open to every single person, not because it's trendy or that's what people say, because it's good for business. Yeah, well, it's, it's like Matt said, one... And also you need to have a good business to be able to headhunt. If you're offering the normal salary for a pretty normal job, that person that you think is perfect for the role isn't going to leave what's probably a really good job that they've been there for five or 10 years to get another five grand a year. And if you're not offering them, hey, I'm going to give you 50 grand more. Here's why you should work for us. We're growth oriented, good culture. Here's what we do for our people. You're not going to get those great people. And then you do just have the hey, put a job on, train me, get everyone in, and then you have no idea who they are, where they've come from, if they're good, if they're not good, why they've left their current job. Like They'll always say, like, oh, look, we mutually decided to, to part ways. That is bullshit. Very rarely do people decide to mutually part ways. There is always going to be someone pushing or pulling that transition. Yeah. Especially I, if they've just left a job now, they're just looking for a new one. Yeah, I agree. I, I completely agree. I think In the same industry that is. I get people changing yeah, industries. Yeah. I think every business should aim to have overpaid staff. Oh, definitely. Cost cutting doesn't it doesn't sit right with me. Like we push at Williams Corporation, our team are very well paid and that's important to me. Like I want to have our first million dollar employee. Like that'll be cool. Yeah, like everyone Imagine how many people's lives you are changing if you have someone that can earn a million dollars a year within your well, entity. Well, I think I'm factual, but every employee is on at least six figures. 
Yeah. 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 Or anyone that's been with us for more than nine months, probably. Yeah, I think so. Like everyone. Every employee. Unless your mouth's on to me, but we blow that yeah, living no, I think wage you're right. out of the water. I think you're right. And then in return, we get really good people that do a great job. And then we succeed from that as well. Because what business owners fail to realize, it costs you way more changing staff than overpaying and retaining them. <laughs> Sorry, we're just mouthing people in the background. We've got we just thought of an employee that needs a pay rise. But look, contractor at the moment though. Contractor. So, he's on a trial period. Look, let's wrap it up, guys. We love you. We appreciate you listening to this podcast. We need more ideas. If you think of an episode, message it to us. And if you took value from this podcast, please share it with one like-minded friend. It's all we ask. Have a See great you later. day.